Welcome to the Complete Manager Makeover Podcast, a management training and leadership development platform focused on providing managers and business owners with practical compliance and employee relations tips, tools, and techniques for every stage of their career or business. Our mission is to slash the statistic that employees don't quit their jobs, they quit their bad managers. Not anymore, because we are transforming the human and human resources with the complete manager makeover. Today, and for our next sessions, part of what we do on a regular basis, on a day-to-day basis, is all about communication. But there can sometimes be things that get in the way of communication, and that's the conversation we're going to unpackage today. Obviously, we communicate on personal levels, on professional levels, and we want to start to unpackage how to more effectively communicate through the knowledge of the concepts that go into communication. Now, if you've been in the complete manager makeover training for some time, some of these concepts will be reiterated because they're a foundation of everything that we do as leaders and managers in our organizations. We're going to unpackage over the next few sessions the five elements of communication dynamics and kind of all of the different pieces of the communication puzzle. We're going to take a look at our value systems and how each of our value systems affect communication. If you've taken any kind of DISC training or MBTI, Myers-Briggs, you know that our behavior style and our personality style layers on top of communication as well. So communication is really quite complex, but we bring these comment, these conversations so that we can kind of unpackage the things we've got to think about as we seek to have more effective communication in the workplace. In the second segment, we'll com- continue with a communication exercise uh, within our groups. We may not get to that today as we unpackage the first two objectives, but we'll have some fun with a communication exercise in the next session. And then we'll debrief that exercise and do a little bit of learning and discovery from that exercise. And then we're gonna really unpackage what are some of the barriers to communication? What gets in the way of communicating with one another, not just personally, but professionally as well. And then we'll talk about effective listening. And I I still struggle with effective listening. I have to make a conscious effort to make sure that I'm giving my entire attention uh, for effective listening. So that's always something that we can do better and better as we grow in our careers. And then we're going to take a look at the listening skills checklist. So this this module, if you will, will probably encompass two, if not three of the next few sessions with the CMM training. When you think about effective communication, why do you think it's so important? Communication is the foundation of anything professional, personal. It's what we do on the daily. Absolutely. Communicate with each other. Yeah. Or, you can't, or you not can't, do. Can't get away. Right. Or not do because good point. Effective communication can be hindered simply by the failure to communicate as well, right? But definitely getting on the same page. It's important that we effectively communicate so that we have lots of different benefits. Those include 
a better work environment, being able to have transparency within the organization, identifying and fixing any concerns up front and in advance. Obviously, it's going to improve teamwork. It's everybody working together and being on the same page. Certainly, it can increase productivity because, as you know, from setting priorities and delegating duties, the more we can communicate in advance, the more we increase our productivity by being in that quadrant two stage, by being proactive instead of reactive because we're getting ahead of things because we've communicated. At the bottom line as well, when we start to improve teamwork and productivity and we've got a better work environment, that is going to increase our revenues, right? We see time and time again, surveys are out there uh, through Gallup and McKinsey, you name it, that they're all saying the more effective and high performing our team is, the better we communicate internally and externally to our external partners as well, the more we see increases in revenue particularly um, in those organizations that are in that S&P 500, right? And then we also want to make sure that we meet and speak with employees and each other more regularly. As you know, if you've been a member for any level of time in this training program, you know how much I talk about the need for regular wrap sessions with our employees. And they don't always have to be these complicated one hour long conversations. It could be a simple, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee and walk to the kitchen or the water cooler or whatever and have a one-on-one -on -one in that way as well, just to check in and connect with our team members. It's important that communication be ongoing. So when we look at the five elements of the communication process, there are different ways that things can kind of get lost in translation. So the five elements of the communication process includes sending, receiving, interpreting, feedback, and results. So let's unpackage each one in detail and I'll give you a little bit of an analogy in a moment. Sending the message simply starts with the idea. What is it that I need to communicate? I've got to evaluate why am I sending this message? What is the purpose? What am I hoping that the recipient does with the information? Because you've probably heard, if you don't have anything valid or a value to say, don't say anything at all. My mother used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But evaluating the purpose of the idea, what are you hoping that receiver does with the information? Is it helpful? Is it useful? for moving the project forward, the communication forward, the clarity forward, any of those things. And then what happens with the sender, we translate that idea into words, transporting these words to communicate the idea. And we talked a lot in previous sessions about what makes up the communication process. So I'm gonna stop there for a moment and ask you, let's see if we remember what that communication uh, process is. Three components that we talked about to communication. Do we remember what those three components of the communication process are? Body language, the first one, I think. Body language, absolutely. Tone. Like tonality, right? Yeah. The tonality, whether we go up or down or how our voice reacts, our tone, absolutely. And then the third piece. Choice of words. Choice of words, absolutely. We've got words, 
body language and tone. All three of those things make the communication occur. And do you remember which part was the biggest part of communication? And we had a little fun with this example, if I remember correctly, with one of you guys, we changed the words, words stayed the same, tone changed, body language changed. What of those three words, tone or body language makes the biggest portion of the communication process. The body language. Absolutely body language. The way our eyes move, our eyebrows raise, our, our body reacts, all of the body language matters and sends the bigger message even above our words, even above our words. So great. Sending that message takes forming that idea, evaluating why am I sending this idea? What, what is it that I'm hoping the recipient does with the information? Taking time to translate the idea into words, right? And I'm a huge advocate of the thesaurus. The written language has to be so clear because you don't have tone. You don't have body language when you're sending a written communication. So the words are that much more important in those situations. And then you've got to transport the words, right? Making sure that our body language, our tone, and the, the words that we use to transport or communicate the idea, the message, all kind of takes place in that sending. So when you break it down, it really can be quite complex in terms of that piece alone. But then we have the message being sent and then the receiver actually recognizing it, recognizing the words that are used, which is why in the world of leadership and management, we've got to be careful to use words that are generally understood. If you have a PhD and your vocabulary is extensive, it's likely that someone who's receiving your message may not recognize the words being used, which can cause some confusion. I know I've had to run to the dictionary or say, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that word before. What do you mean? And which is part of the interpretation, but we'll get to that in a minute. So receiving the messages, recognizing the words, do I understand the words? Can I hear well? Obviously, if there's loud voices and distractions, that can really intercept, if you will, the recipient from receiving the message. So those things have to be considered as well. And then of course, receiving is the total understanding of the words convey and recreating sometimes the words into the idea that was conveyed by the sender, right? So you send the message, I receive the message, but I've got to recreate those words into the idea that you conveyed, ensuring or hoping that the idea you meant to send is the idea that I received. And so there's a lot that can happen there, as you can imagine. And then there's the interpretation. The interpretation happens in the receiver, and it depends on the attitude of the receiver. It can be something as simple as, am I, am I busy today? Am I not too busy? Do I have time to listen? Or am I distracted? The attitude of the receiver is important. The beliefs of the receiver regarding the message, because you may be telling me one thing, but I've got a different thought in mind about what you're communicating and that can get in the way of interpretation, but we'll definitely be unpacking those barriers at length. And then if there's beliefs that are inherent to the receiver, right? The, the innate beliefs and values that can change the perception of that message. The interpretation can be skewed. And this is where feedback is so important. But although communications can break down at each part of this process, 
we most often see it occur in the interpretation stage. What you said was not received in the manner in which you had intended. So the next process is feedback. This is a critical piece to ensure that the message that was sent by the sender, right, whoever's telling me something, is clearly understood. It is the response that the receiver gives to the sender that explains how the message has been heard, how's it been interpreted, and what I think, right, I heard you say. Oftentimes, we don't interpret correctly. We don't provide the feedback. We don't ask the questions. We don't get the clarification. And that can often be the biggest piece of where the messages are being misinterpreted. But it can, it can break down at any point. Use the wrong tone. Don't find the right word. Say it in a rush. Say it too loud. Anything can happen on the sending sending end is the receiver that receives that can really change the dynamic of how effective the communication can be. And then there's the results. The results are that final goal of the communication process. And it's brought about only after clearly defined understanding of the message has been achieved. The sender has sent a message, the receiver has it clearly, and there's no, there's no question about what that communication was intended to communicate. So I'm going to stop there for a moment and I'm going to give you a little bit of an example. You know me, I love examples and stories. Imagine if you will, that you're in a, a room full of people, there's two open doors and there's lots of wind coming in, lots of feedback, lots of noise on the other side of those open doors. You call to someone who is sitting closest to those two open doors and we'll say his name is John. You know, I always like to talk about John. John would you mind closing that door? And John gets up out of his uh, chair and he goes to close the left door. He goes back to his seat and the message we think was understood, right? Well, what if I meant that he should close the left door? What happened in that communication? Was there a left and right or is this one door? There were two open doors, a left and a right. Two open doors, John's sitting in front of him, closest to them. I asked him to close the door. The question is, did I as the sender? Yes, Stephanie, I hear you. Go for it. I was just going to say, you just left some information out. So it just goes back to the over-communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. You weren't clear. I wasn't clear. Exactly, right? So if I want the end result from the receiver that I'm looking for, I've got to be that much more clear in my communication. So I have to say, John, would you mind closing the left door? There's a lot of noise coming from there. That is a clear communication. Then, of course, John gets up and closes the door intended. So every place in our communication process, we have opportunity for breakdown. If you wanted the, le the left-hand door closed and you didn't specify, if you wanted the report on Thursday instead of Friday, right, or, or whatever those communications are that you're having in your workday, that makes a big difference. When we talked about delegating duties a few sessions ago, we talked about ensuring that the recipient of this project or this duty understood what the end result was going to be, right? This is what I want it to look like. Here's what I want it to include, whatever the case is. Same goes with any communication, being clear and concise in terms of what end result are you looking for from the recipient what information what are you intending to receive because just because you intend <laughs> to 
make that communication doesn't mean that that's what was received. As we continue to unpackage this message sending and receiving, it's important to note that there's all of these things that can get in the way. And we're going to unpackage that in the next session, particularly we have past experiences that kind of live inside us, right? We each and every one of us, you always hear me say this is unique. Not one of us has the same background, pedigree, knowledge, education, information, culture, you name it. Our past experiences influence our communication process. Our culture influences our communication process. I always used to chat about interviewing skills and as a in the South Florida community with our big Latin American workforce, we're very friendly during that interview process. And we go, oh my gosh, I love your accent. Where are you from? And in an interview process, that's a no-no, right? That could get you in some legal trouble to ask a question like that. But our cultures are all different. And some cultures, there's people don't look at you in your eyes. And for us Americans, if you don't look in my eyes, then I'm wondering, you know, can I trust you, right? Why aren't you looking at me in the eyes? But for other cultures, it's actually a show of respect not to look at someone in the eyes. So can you imagine what can happen solely in that situation, that difference in communication and how culture shows up in the communication process? In addition to that, when we look at our attitudes, right, our own attitudes, the innate things that we are lay on lay on disc the model of human behavior that i'm so passionate about imagine if i'm in a rush because i've got a project to do and and you're a people person and you want to talk about your weekend that could create some clashes in the communication process or barriers at least and then we've got our value systems we all have our unique set of value systems and we're going to talk about what are those value systems and how do they show up in both sending and receiving information in that communication process and how does it color my how does it put blinders on to the communication process and again i'm always a big believer in once you know you've got to do something with that knowledge you've got to put that in action to become a better communicator a better receiver of information a better sender of information a better interpreter of information through feedback and then there's always knowledge i gave the example previously of our, our different levels of ac academic acumen, our different experiences in our careers and our workplaces. And then of course, our feelings, our emotions. If I've got somebody in a rush who is talking to me about something and, and maybe giving me an assignment, but they're, they're rushed, their tone is hurried and maybe loud because there's some background noise, I might think that they're yelling at me and upset. So feelings, how I feel about that person, the communication, uh, whether that person has said something to me in that way, one-on-one -on -one or in group company, right? How I feel about that communication, when it's happening, how it's said, the words that are used really do matter, both on the receiving and the sending and, and, and the results, particularly with interpreting the message and the results of the message. So when we continue to talk about feedback, right? The feedback again is the response to the sender's message, explaining again to the sender how the message has been heard and interpreted. And you often hear people say in communication training to parrot back, 
what that person said, right? So in my example of the door with John, right? I wanted the, I think I wanted the left door closed. I don't know, whatever it was, right? The left door closed and he closed the right. Knowing that John is looking at two different doors, John might say, well, did you want the left door closed or the right door closed? At which point interpretation has taken place. He wants clarification. He needs clarification to get the ultimate mission done because I didn't say doors plural I said door and then I as the sender can double back and say I apologize I wanted the left door closed we often fail to do that that feedback piece that asking questions of understanding right Stephen Covey you know he's my favorite one of my favorite authors says seek first to understand and we can utilize that principle in the communication process as well and then of course that final result is I got what I wanted out of that communication. It's the goal of the communication process that was, was clearly defined, understood by the message, and the message has been clearly received. So when we, when we look at that feedback and communication process, like I mentioned before, it is important to realize that communication breakdowns happen at each stage of this process, but it does most often occur in the interpretation stage because we do not take time to ask the questions of understanding, to get some clarity, to ask, is it the left door or the right door? Did you mean this? What I heard you say is that. We fail to do that. We just kind of run with it, run with whatever we think we heard and keep it moving. Well, that's our show today. Thanks for listening to The Complete Manager Makeover. I'm Lisa Perez. If you enjoyed our show and want to know more about our community or training resources, search for us on the web, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at The Complete Manager Makeover, where I invite you to become part of our community. Please leave us a review and share our movement to transform the human in human resources with The Complete Manager Makeover.